0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Nick Kurida and I'm the uh, Faith FM coordinator uh, here for South Australia. I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's always our pleasure to invite you to join us uh, each program but uh, while you just uh, uh, switch it on you know uh, tune in with us Uh, it's wonderful and please stay with us for the whole hour because we have quite few things uh, line up for you on this program and uh, particularly also uh, the special uh, offer the wonderful book which we have prepared for you but also I'll always like to invite you to be part of this program and you can do that by sending us a text message with um, with a question, a thought uh, in regard to the topic we we discuss. Or if you have even something which you like uh, us to notice, you know, maybe a prayer request or anything like that, uh, please don't hesitate, uh, don't be shy, but send us a text message. And the number where you can send a text message and be live with us is zero four double eight double eight zero eight. again i'll repeat this number zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one on this number also you will be able to send um, the code uh, for requesting our free offer but i will talk about that a little bit uh, later now it's uh, my privilege to welcome as a co-host today, (laughs) Pastor Will uh, Moala. Well, maybe you're supposed to be on this side of the Uh, desk uh, in the in the hosting chair but um, uh, you know circumstances in life yep. and uh, we have to change few things uh, yes. and you are going to share with us today in the co-host seat uh, about the the topic for today now we are approaching for the whole week a very important theme you know uh, an aspect which i think in christianity is quite neglected or maybe let aside uh, we are going to talk about uh, is the moral law still relevant in right. the third millennium? Now, we started um, this week also with a program, what are the foundational pillars of biblical morality? And I thought it was a very good question, and Joseph did a very good uh, job on that one. Today we are going, Will, uh, to talk about, uh, is the Old Testament legalistic? And there will be a few other questions to follow up uh, for the rest of the week, like, is the biblical law the same? Right. And then uh, uh, further on, uh, did Christ uh, do away with the law? Many people will um, raise that uh, aspect. And then we'll uh, we'll finish off um, uh, this week with a question, is the moral law? Still relevant, and um, we'll we'll address this um, question as we go today through the program. And again, I'm inviting uh, our listener to uh, join us, be part of this program, share uh, how you listener understand this uh, this aspect, and send a, a text message to zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. Now, Will Moala, it's a pastor here in uh, South Australia, still looking after Para Vista, (laughs) Will, and uh, Gola, a bit up north, uh, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Uh, how things going uh, with these two churches? They are different churches. One uh, quite bigger church, yeah. Yeah, and one a bit smaller. Um, how things going
1: uh, on everyday uh, basis? Things are going very well. Yeah, Paravista's got some good things lined up this year. Uh, we have a great team out there. Uh, Gola, we have a smaller church out there, so we have a very small, I guess, a leadership team, mm-hmm. but they do a fantastic job. Uh, Kevin and Lorraine and and, and others there. Um, we have a edge pantry that they're very much is um Touching base with the community twice a week, so they would have met today and tomorrow as well. Um, so yeah, there's good things happening out at Gawler, and um, and uh, our our Adra coordinator here in our conference, uh, Hank is mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's wanting to yeah really get alongside our team up at Gawler and see how we can really you know connect with that community. So yeah, we got some. There's definitely a, a desire and a, a passion to to expand and, and you know and to share the gospel with the people of and... And um, likewise at Para Vista. So, yeah, so, yeah, so uh, times are good. In mm. ministry is great. Mm. You know, as you would know, Nick, uh, every day is a different challenge. Um, but at the same time, it, it's a wonderful thing to, um, team up with people who have that same passion, and that is to spread the gospel. So, um, life is good at the moment. <laughs> Wonderful.
0: And you know, I like that uh, You know, when you, you pointed out uh, yeah. in a small uh, group, a small church like yeah. uh, Gola, that they are involved, just a few people there, but I, they are involved during the week. You know, there's not yeah. such a thing, just going to church once a week and say, okay, I've been to church yes. uh, uh, this week. It's a matter of uh, being in the community. Yeah. Even two, three people, you know, can make a big difference. Absolutely. In the really. community, and sometimes we have big churches and still not being so visible in the yeah. community. Yeah. Uh, I I I think this needs to be um, uh, you know uh, uplifted, even yeah. in prayers. You know yeah. this thing that uh, with small things, yes, the big changes are happening because small things putting in yeah. place, you know, and the people being committed to small things. Absolutely, And that's wonderful. And we, we commit uh, these people in, uh, in Amen. Gola and some other churches, like, uh, I just been involved a little bit with a small, very small community, a church with two members in, um, wow. Manum. And they just open up, um, a pantry yeah, there yes. uh, again under Adra, um, uh, yes, leadership yes. and uh, it's wonderful and i heard very good stories uh, already and uh, um uh all our prayers goes uh, mm-hmm. around with uh, these people involved with ADRA and, and if I could extend right now just another um, from my, uh, you know, we, and I'm sure will you'll, uh, um, you'll be part of uh, what I'm going to say that we want to recognize the work of ADRA in particular yeah. right now in Ukraine also and in the um, surrounding countries. I know I'm coming from Romania and Romania borders uh, with Ukraine and Adra is doing a tremendous work uh, over there in uh, yes. in Ukraine and uh, if you like to support uh, what Adra is doing Adra it's an Adventist uh, Development uh, and Relief Agency present uh, all around the world it's a it's a worldwide uh, agency and they do yeah. a, lots of good work helping in um, you know calamities disasters war uh, all these things and uh, if you like to contribute uh, to Adra just go to adra.org uh, i believe it's the website and uh, there is a an account set up there for Ukraine, okay. in particular. If you are wondering how can you help in Ukraine with the crisis, and particularly those people in, in the neighboring countries like Romania, Poland, Hungary, uh, they receiving a, a huge amount of uh, people, mm. you know, refugees, and they need a lot of support. And don't hesitate to um, uh, to get on uh, Adra website and support that, uh, but Will, uh, before we are getting into a bit more deeper into our topic right. today, I wonder if you are able to share with us a little bit what's going on in the world, like a bit of a
1: world yeah. watch uh, segment. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, look, I was just looking on the on online this week, and um, for our world watch segment, we, yeah, we want to just talk about what's going on in obviously in the Ukraine Russian um, situation over there. Which is really sad, and it's, you know, pretty much on the headlines of all the news, um, across our media stations and whatnot. But this article I just want to share with our listeners today, Nick, is, uh, an article from the Eternity, um, uh, eternitynews.com.au, which is, um, based here in Australia. And they ran an article, which I thought is a very interesting title. Mm. And the, the, the title is, um, is, is Putin evil? All right. Yeah. And that really struck me because, you know, you see his face on the news every day. And I was just looking on the news last night that, in in spite of these so called peace talks, that they just missile strike some, you know, some poor district and innocent, you know, people are injured. But, um, yeah, whenever there's something of this kind of, you know, this magnitude, Nick, there's always this question of evil seems to pop up all the time. Right. And, and at the moment, the face of evil seems to be. Putin. So this article—that's the the title by a fellow by the name of Tim Costello. The article was uh, ran on February twenty eighth, so just a couple of weeks ago. But uh, it's on in the opinion column of EternityNews.com. So here's what Tim says. He says. Um, I won't read the whole article, just probably a couple of things. It says, with Russia invading Ukraine, President Putin has been described as the most evil man in the world. Commentators are asserting that there is good and, uh, sorry, good and evil in the world, and uh, he, this premeditated act is evil. I do not disagree. To see a war in Europe nearly 80 years after the end of World War 2 is unthinkable. What other words describe such violence and the man who single-handedly has authorized this assault? And then what this article does basically Nick is he goes into um a, a particular time when this fella Tim actually mm, met Putin. Mm. He met him at some re, you know at some summit back in 2013 and um you know he's kind of just uh outlining some of his uh what he remembers about that encounter with him right um he remembers that um you know that he he wore a cross around his neck now this is what the article says whether that whether he's a Christian or not like I honestly um am not aware of uh, Putin's religious beliefs to mm, be honest
0: mm. oh he's an orthodox he's oh, a, okay. so he, yes. a Russian orthodox yes
1: So it says here in the article that um, you know, based on his um, his uh, I guess meeting with Putin, he kind of draws us some conclusions about it and about his mindset. You know that the the article says um, that according to Putin, Kiev uh, must be taken to preserve okay the the Christian battle, and there there may be many Christians in the West who agree with some of his sentiments. Um, little wonder the Orthodox patriarchs Kirill, Kirill, maybe, uh, Kirill, yes, Kirill yeah. has called Putin, quote, a miracle of God. Mm. Okay, so this is quite interesting. It says, a miracle defender of Christianity or the most evil man? Well, it is Ukrainian Christians, among others, he is now slaughtering indiscriminately. And he has little understanding of Jesus, who said, quote, blessed are the peacemakers. So, interesting that there are some who even think he's doing God's will. Mm. But look,
0: just on that aspect, because very, very... Interesting article, uh, to be honest, and I I spoke with somebody today about uh, looking back uh, even some years Uh again uh, about Putin and his position in regard to morality, and he will describe the Western world as being immoral uh, because of um, uh, all sorts of things going on, and I'm not going to to go into those necessarily. But you know what? Wearing a cross on mm. your uh, chest doesn't mean that you are a Christian, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, right. even uh, doing certain things, you know, like, uh, or even saying certain things doesn't mean that you are a child of God, a Christian. Now, you can defend certain things and... Um, I remember a song even uh, when I was a bit younger uh, we used to sang, uh, sang that that one that the cross i wear is not on my chest it's in my heart i mean it's jesus yeah. in myself you know and as uh, so apostle paul says whatever i want to know about uh, yeah. you uh, it's that you'll know jesus and jesus crucified you know i mean yeah. for us for our sins
1: because that's the um, the good news yeah. of salvation uh, yeah. Let me just, because this really highlights, really ties in well with our, um, our theme this week about, you know, whether the moral law is relevant today. Um, it, it just goes in the article really quick. It says, under Putin, the Orthodox Church has boasted that they are building and opening three churches a day, and the church celebrated the return of Crimea. And in Putin's mind, this goes further. Now, this is a quote um, I would assume from Putin. It says, just as he probed me about Christianity in the West, so it sounds like Tim Wells, you know, mm-hmm. he had a few words with uh, this with Vladimir when they met back in 13. He has written, this is what he's written, according to Tim Costello, quote from Putin, we see many of the Euro Atlantic countries are actually rejecting their roots including the Christian values that constitute the basis of Western civilization. They are denying the moral principles and all traditional identities, national, cultural, religious, and even sexual. So, interesting that the article... In some ways, the West sees it as a—he's the face of evil. He's—he's he's killing innocent lives. He almost sounds like um, like one of these you know these radicals, mm-hmm. you know that that almost trying to bring back you know the the values that that they want to see. You know, almost sounds like very like in the Islamic world, you know, yeah. you've got these jihadist yeah, movements, extremism. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. almost sounds like um, Putin's on a bit of a mission, if you want to yeah. call it. But you know, I heard about also about uh, Mr. Putin that um,
0: he's looked as uh, a very messianic figure, you wow. know. Uh, yes. Uh, I heard, I of, think I
1: remember I heard about the, this yeah. and I
0: read a few articles, yeah. but uh, what I'm trying to say bro here, and just in regard to the article which you brought yeah. up here, uh, all those things could be very good uh, and in very important values, you know, which yeah. each one of us as human beings we should look at but can they justify uh, some sort of uh, atrocities which we we are going to do and this is another thing because people will come and say what about in the Old Testament and we're going to talk a little bit about the Old Testament when all sorts of wars and all sorts of even um, big communities or countries were wiped out you know because of their sin. If I could say something Will here is that uh, we and I'm not going to politicize mm. uh, because of the sayings what Mr. Putin said or uh, other reporters, you know, but I, I want to say this. If we can turn to God and look at him uh, as our salvation, yeah, even from Ukraine side or from Russia or from yeah. whatever, if, if the Russian uh, leader is not happy with what the uh, West is doing, there are some other means, other levers, to say so to levers, to to stand yeah, up and, yes. and 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 express your point of view but i don't think so what's happening now uh, with millions of people being displaced yeah. from their uh, uh, livelihoods and innocent children you know to be affected by this in the 21st century you know yeah. in the 21st century i think there are other ways in which yeah. uh, we could address yeah. these things i mean that, that yeah, sorry i mean i don't want to go too much on yeah. on this aspect but yeah uh, in the end even here in australia the only thing which we can do the best is to pray yeah is to um intercede in prayer for the people in ukraine yeah, in russia absolutely. in all uh, in eastern europe there because so easily we can take sides so yeah. easily we can be biased. If uh, if I'll be a Ukrainian uh, background, you know, I'll talk differently. Yeah. If I'll be maybe a Russian, I'll talk differently. Who knows? Uh, but uh, the, um, the main point is that whatever happens there is not good yeah. right now. And That's we sorry. need to pray uh, pray for that. We don't understand God's plan either. Yeah. And uh, we cannot uh, uh, go too far on that one. But yeah, uh, do you want any, uh, to mention no, anything in regard no, to the I, World I I Watch?
1: Think, no, I just... Just bringing it to the attention of our listeners because mm. this is one of the things that people are talking about. Whenever we see war on a on a global scale, is is this this idea of evil and suffering and all of these really hard, uh, you know, conversations to wrestle with. And at the moment, it, Putin's faces plastered across the screen. So, is he evil or not? Well, we'll let God be the judge of that. But um, but yeah, it's mm. it's certainly a very um, It's a sad time when you see innocent people being killed and displaced um, for no reason of their own, you know, just minding their own business. So, you know, when you look at what's happening and you try to, you know, align it with this notion from his own sectors that he's some type of saviour or whatnot. Right. It's a bit bit hard for us here on our side to to watch and kind of bring some type of, um, you know some type of unity with that message yeah it's hard to yeah, yeah yeah this program is made possible by the support of adventist world radio
0: and thank you for tuning in with us on Faith FM uh, drive time bq a uh, this is nick rita uh, your host and will moala our co-host today we are going to talk about um, a very important question i believe uh, is the old testament legalistic now, uh, even before we're, uh, we're getting into this, Will, I just want to mention to our listener uh, the free offer which we have for today, which I believe is a good one, because we talked in the, our segment, the World Watch, uh, about uh, even the war in Ukraine and uh, um, how people are, um, you know, interpreting what's, whatever is going yeah. on there. Um, but what we know and what we learn is that a uh, lot of lives are destroyed. And we have a book here in front of us called To Build a Life. I think that's the wonderful thing, you know, that we as Christians, we are called to build each other, to encourage each other, to, um, uh, to have a hope. Wow. And I'm giving you um, through Faith FM uh, today this uh, book. You just need to send us a text message with uh, the code SA36. And if I could just read a a text uh, from the Bible in regard to this book, it says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What a wonderful uh, promise uh, from God. And uh, this book by um, Luke uh, Heyman, I think it's his uh, name. Uh, Luke um, uh, was a Bible believer, uh, Christian, but uh, money and success uh, were his goal. <laughs> and um, he uh, just uh, uh, didn't know, didn't know it, you know, didn't know that that's taking over, you know, with the money. When he finally realized that, the, uh, that he didn't have love and joy or peace, and, um, wondered what life would be like if he did, um, have a God. You
1: right. know, and, and concentrate
0: right. on, on God. And he gave God 30 days to let him know why he didn't have them and, uh, how to get them. You know, uh, things which, uh, which he didn't, um, quite enjoy, even though he had the money and have success and all those things. And, and God, is in the business of answering sincere uh, queries, you know, and questions. And Luke didn't find the answer overnight, but what he had been searching for in all the wrong places was as plain as day once he let God reconstruct. His life. I think this is a very good book uh, to have in your uh, hands, my dear friend. Uh, don't hesitate to send a text message right now to double one with the code SA36 and this book will be yours. Well, let's ask this uh, question again and uh, see if we can make some um, sense of it or, uh, you know, have some answers here. Right. Is the uh, the Old Testament uh, legalistic or the law of the Old Testament?
1: Yeah, so, um, good question, and that's what we're going to look at tonight and in the rest of the week. Is the moral law relevant um, in the third uh, millennium? Um, So, you know, when I think about this question, um, uh, Nick, you know, I think about, what Jesus said in the New Testament, even though we're going to be talking about the Old Testament, but he mentions a, a, a kind of phrase that I want to use to kind of lead into our uh, discussion this the, in our show today. You know, when Jesus spoke of the, um, of the, as we would like to call it, the signs of the times, Matthew chapter 24. He spoke about various things, as you would know, Nick. He talked about deception in the last days. He talked about false prophets. He talked about pestilences and earthquakes and various things in chapter 24. But he also says there, which I think it's a good um, kind of connection to our talk today. He he mentions a, a Bible character by the name of Noah. Now I'm one of the the Christians, and I'm. I think you're you're with me on this one. Is we believe that when that these Old Testament stories, like for instance in Genesis and the flood and all these things, that they were real events that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually mind-boggling, Nick, because I was listening to a, 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 I would say a conversation between two very um, very learned uh, scholars, or, or you know, very. Um, Very academic uh, Mm. personalities, Mm. and I won't mention their names, but the point is that the the discussion was about the historical Adam, and it became very clear to me, and one of them was a very, very well-known Christian, evangelical Christian, and what I gathered as I was kind of listening is that he was very… Almost uh, interpreting the book of Genesis in a way that, um, that I, I don't see it that way. That right. he saw it not as a literal six-day creation, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was uh, almost like a an uh, allegory of some sort. So I guess I'm sharing that because I, in one sense, I would like to think that. We all see the Old Testament in a particular way, as you know, a certain lens. Like, for instance, Genesis. I we would say there was the six little days that God created the the heavens and the earth, and He rested on the seventh day Sabbath. But, but to the point in our show today, uh, Jesus mentions Noah. Mm. He mentioned, and if you know the story of of Noah in Genesis chapter six, um, there was a worldwide flood. Yes, and there was, and there's a very very uh clear context in why God saw fit to bring about the flood. And the Bible says because of the wickedness in the world mm. in those days. And so here's my point as we lead into our discussion today, Nick. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, he said... "Um." As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And he's referring to himself and he's referring ultimately to the day when he returns. So interesting, Nick, that he says, as it was in the days of Noah. So the question is, what was it like in the days of Noah? And we, we see in Genesis 6 that the Bible says that the, the, the hearts of, of those people in the, in the then known world was evil continually. Mm, mm. And so it, it it makes me wonder that Jesus says that in the last days, that just as it was in the days of Noah, there will be towards the end of time, and I believe we're heading that way. Even today, Nick, there is a growing sense that the of this idea that morality and truth. Is swept aside almost Right Just as it was in the Old Testament Jesus says that You know the Bible says They were drinking And they were eating And they were marrying And being Giving in marriage There's a particular phrase That I'm thinking of On my head But the point is That it was lawless Yes So the question we're trying to tackle This week is um, Is the moral uh, law relevant I would say yes Mm. Because we see it in scripture And we also see how Jesus said That towards the end of time There would be a Almost like a a rejection of it So that's kind of my answer To the theme of the week The the theme of the week Now to our question in particular today um, Is the Old Testament um, Legalistic I believe that's our question today Is the Old Testament legalistic Now I would like to posit A few points um, uh, Nick and um, just
0: before you go into that, well, i just. A bit, yeah. uh, I want to point out of something you, you just mentioned because yeah, sure. I think this uh, and this will uh, link well with uh, you know what we're going to talk. Um, you mentioned a um, couple of people which are uh, well educated, maybe looked up for their uh, um, studies and uh, you know their uh, um, credentials and yes. and so on and so forth. You know, but when you start to um, to put in the picture, some of your own understandings yeah. of uh, about creation or about uh, stories in the Bible, like as you just said, that's, or Adam or others, is that true, is that allegoric, is this? The, uh, it's very interesting you play on a very dangerous ground. Yeah. That's why even Christianity, which which really um, raised a big question in my mind, I heard about many preachers uh, talking about theistic evolution, yeah. And you, you see, God is in there, uh, but we don't understand how that happened when the Bible is so clear. I mean, what's our guide? Yes. Uh, do we have anything else uh, at our hand uh, to interpret things or we trust the word of God? We trust the Bible. We trust even what Jesus, uh, um, reversed. Yeah. Because that's what you mentioned uh, before that Jesus was saying about uh, about uh, Noah. And that's probably the thing which we'll like to look into a little bit more in the Bible. Because we are Christians and we want to uh, uplift the Bible, sola scriptura, you know, and uh, allow the Bible to speak about these things rather than my own understanding. Because, again, the... um, uh, wisdom of this world it can be foolishness yeah. but uh, the the true wisdom is the fear of of the lord what that means the fear of the lord i mean is to allow god to yeah. work in our uh, lives and in our mind to the, the, the understand which yeah. we need
1: yeah uh, i agree nick and I, I think i think the reason why we want to address this is because if you look at the question that we're looking at today um, is the old testament legalistic i think there are some christians who have this notion um for at least from my experience in in, sh- in sharing with with other uh christians that may not be of my persuasion mm-hmm. their thought pattern is something along the lines of this nick is that the old testament was almost a different picture God to the New Testament God. Mm, mm. So it's almost this understanding that the, the God of the Old Testament was a God of legalism, a God of works, a God that basically people were saved in the Old Testament by virtue of their works and obedience. And they have this understanding that in the New Testament, it's, it's God of the God of grace. Yes. I would perhaps like to challenge that notion because I, I firmly believe that the Bible says that Jesus Christ uh, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Malachi 3 says that I'm the Lord God. I do not change. And here's what I'd like to suggest respectfully uh, for, from our perspective today is that is that the God of the Old Testament, um, this is very important, uh, Nick, for our listeners to, to, to kind of catch what we're trying to say, is that people that were saved in the Old Testament – um, they, it's the same way that they're saved in the New Testament. Yes. I, I don't see a difference that in the Old Testament they're saved by works and in the New Testament they're saved by grace. Oh,
0: do you say that in the Old Testament, uh, there was
1: grace in the Old Testament? Yeah, That's what uh, you're trying to say.
0: Yeah. Uh, he,
1: thank you for bringing this up. We're getting excited now. <laughs> because the reason why I brought up Noah, is because if you look at the text in the Old Testament, look, we want to share Old Testament text. It says there that before God, you know, went through with the the destruction of the flood, it says there in the Bible in in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So this notion that there's no grace and there's no grace in the Old Testament, I think that's a fallacy because, I mean, I'm thinking of a few Bible characters, Nick, and I... I I would like to suggest to our listeners today that that that's that the the Old Testament it, it's God uh saved in the same ways as the New. Now let me give you a couple of um biblical examples. Um now I don't want to get all theological or anything but just let me give you some of the snapshots. Um you look at um uh what's the story there in in Genesis the story of Cain and Abel. Mm. Now Actually, I could probably go back a bit earlier to the actual book of Genesis. Now, very quickly, Nick, we know in Genesis chapter 1, God creates chapter 2 there's the tree of knowledge mm. God said to them don't eat of the fruit if you eat it you will die now the interesting I would like to posit to our listeners is this is that when they ate the fruit Adam and Eve Genesis 2.16 that's the command don't eat of the fruit because in the day you eat thereof you will die Genesis 3 we see the introduction of the serpent mm. and then uh, Eve dialogues with the serpent she ends up being deceived takes of the fruit she gives to her husband he eats and then they're deceived now, here's the point I want to mention to our listeners today, Nick. When they ate the fruit, now this is this is important, they did not drop dead that very moment. Why? Here's what I'd like to posit to you. If you read chapter 3, after God comes in the garden, the Bible says in the cool of the day, and he was calling out to Adam. You know the story, uh, yes. Nick. Yes. Where are you, Adam? And he said, I was afraid. I hid myself. I was naked. God says, who told you were naked? And then he says, "The woman, you know." So they start blaming each other. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. And really, when you think about it, Nick, they were actually blaming God because yes. Adam says, "The woman that you gave me." Yes. Eve says, "The serpent." In other words, the serpent you put in the garden. So here's my my point here in Genesis. We're talking about grace now. After the judgments were given in Genesis three fifteen. I believe we see there, Nick, the first gospel promise right in the garden, where God said uh, to the serpent, He said, "I will bring enmity between you and the woman, between her seed and your seed. He will you will bruise his uh, heel and he, he shall will bruise crush your, your head." Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, my understanding of that passage, Nick, is that right then and there, the gospel was proclaimed in type to Amen. Adam and Eve. Now, here's my point: in the Bible, in the Old Testament. How was Adam and Eve saved right there? They weren't, they were saved by virtue of the seed that was promised. So then you go to the next chapter, you got, you got Cain and Abel. Now, if you, if our listeners catch what I'm about to say next, I believe it answers the whole question of obedience and legalism in the Old Testament. You see, you have two sons, Nick. One and God, we don't have the fine details, but all we know is the story it says that, that Cain and Abel were two sons. Um, one brings an offering, um, you know Of the lamb The sacrifice And the other Brings the fruit uh, Abel brought the fruit of of, of of his work So to speak Now in that Classic picture Nick You've got two Systems of worship Yes One Represented by Cain Bringing the fruit Of his labor Works Then you got Abel bringing the the sacrifice, and the Bible clearly says that when they both presented their offerings, that God had respect to Abel's sacrifice, but not to Cain. What's the lesson there? Here's what I'd like to suggest. That even in the Old Testament, Abel wasn't saved by his works. God had already instituted uh, the the gospel, I guess, in in type that the lamb that was brought was to represent uh, ultimately that God will provide the ultimate sacrifice, which is Jesus. And I guess what I want our listeners to understand is right there in the Old Testament: how was Abel saved? How was uh, Adam saved? How was Eve saved? They were saved by virtue of the sacrifice that was first pronounced in the Garden of Eden in Genesis three. Uh, we see it in the story of Cain and Abel, and um, all through Scripture, even Abraham. It says about Abraham in Genesis chapter fifteen. um Nick, you can butt in when you mm-hmm. want. <laughs> no, I'm no, just no, that's alright. That's
0: okay. I'm just uh, I'm uh, agreeing with what you're saying, and, yeah. and if I could probably just yeah, while, yeah, right while we in. have Go this ahead. break here now, um because. As you pointed out about the offer of uh, Abel, um, you know, God himself, after the sin of Adam and Eve, you know, Eve and Adam, whatever you want to put it, um, God, the first thing was that there was a sacrifice there. Oh, you're there was a now, Nick. Uh, there was a lamb, you know, sacrifice <laughs> which pointed to that uh, redeemer, to the Messiah, yes. to what they uh, the seed, if you like, to use those words. And what I want to say here is that when Abel brought that one he knew he was not just bringing something which because he was a shepherd let's say or a, or a hunter yes. or whatever he just brings something what he has at hand he brought something which was uh, told by god you know that uh, what represents and uh, cain he did also a good thing to say yeah. so that he bring, brings the offers which he had at hand. But when you come before God with a sacrifice, because this yes. is the difference. When you come before God uh-huh. with your state of sinful nature, sin, yes. then you cannot address that with uh, all anything. You know what I yeah. mean? You have to, to look at Jesus as in the time of Moses. People had to look at the serpent there, the, you know, on the, on the stick. But this is also my point to add on, on this one in humanity it develops these two views yeah. when people thought and there was a legalistic approach you know uh, and people thought that only through good deeds you can uh, you know find favor in front of god and then was the other view let's say that no 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 you don't need to do anything it's just by the grace of god and what we yes. did actually we put at conflict all these two things which worked in favor of us yeah. the law and the grace It's in favor of us. It's not against uh, us, even though it says in Romans there that the law, I mean, you know, the law, it's against us in which way? If we rely on the law, but if we do the right thing, because it says in in John, uh, if you love me, you keep my commandments. You know, Uh, if we have a right relationship with Jesus, with God, then we cannot neglect the things of the of the law, because that's in our favor actually, it's helping us of course we cannot claim salvation through the good works yeah but uh, but through the grace, only through the grace of God, through Jesus yeah
1: Um, and I I totally get what you're saying Nick and I love how you you mentioned those two seemingly opposite ends of, of the conversation, you got law and grace. But again, I just want to let our listeners know is that if you really read the scriptures carefully... Um, you will see that there is a beautiful harmony there, like we we 're mentioning our bible characters Adam mm. and you mentioned that story uh Nick C- could I please just read that text because I think it's it 's powerful may people may have missed it, even Christians can miss this part here in Genesis three when uh God you know begins to pronounce the judgments on Adam and Eve and ultimately the serpent, it says there just one verse, but in chapter three verse twenty, it says. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin Mm. and clothed them. Now, I would like to posit to our listeners today, this is where we see, I guess, the start of this sacrificial system. It started in... This is just my personal opinion, Nick. It started right there in the garden. As soon as sin, as soon as our first parents rebelled, disobeyed, worthy of death. That's what God said in Genesis Mm. 2. The Bible says that the Lord God made tunics of skin. I'd like to suggest to our listeners today, uh, Nick, that something had to die there in the garden. Now, we're not privy to the details. It just says the Lord God made tunics of skin. So I would like to suggest that even Adam and Eve, God began to reveal to them this this idea of a sacrifice, this idea that something had to die in their place. And so, to answer the question today, is obedience legalism? Well, I'll be. Uh, I'll, yes, there was certainly in the Old Testament. God stresses this idea of being obedient and faithful, but it wasn't the their the grounds of salvation. It was. As we would say, they weren't obeying to be saved, but they were obeying because they were or they are saved. Yeah. And can I add yeah. on
0: that one? Uh, I really like this passage <laughs> again, and I'm, I'm getting excited, too, because God clothed them. Yes. He got, but, it, yeah. but can we say that God clothed them with the righteousness of Jesus? Well because I, I in the, be, because in the in the New Testament when we say that through the death of Jesus you know yeah. and we are uh, now we we are asked to put on yeah. Jesus to put the, to put on the righteousness right. of Jesus That's right. rather than um, uh, our own yeah. uh, good deeds because when somebody died and in that case the lamb died and the skin you know was used God used to clothe them yes. why because why were they hiding Because they were ashamed Why? Because they were naked Now In the sinful nature We are naked You know But God covers us With his righteousness And that's that's where grace Is coming picture We are not Better because of uh, Doing certain things We are better Just because Jesus died for us And we are
1: covered With his blood And washed into his blood I agree I I definitely see that Theme thread That you're mentioning um, Nick Talking about you know, being covered, and yet yeah, there's certainly text that the Bible supports that claim, you know, and Jesus as our, our righteousness. He covers us. Um, Probably a, probably a couple of things to also mention, Nick, because I know our time is just speaking. It's away. going very, very fast. Um, I didn't even play a song yet, but, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a short break yeah. in a minute. But a couple of points I just want our listeners to understand. What we're talking about is the, is obedience, um, is the Old Testament legalistic? I would like to say no, just in the same way that the New Testament is not legalistic. Now, a couple of big ideas I want to just share with, with our listeners today. People in the Old Testament, and I think I've got grounds for biblical support. People in the Old Testament, they were saved the same way as, a, they, as they are post, you know, as believers in the New Testament. Mm. Think of it like Disney the cross, the G the gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did on Calvary, it's it stands in the center. So those from Adam, all the way back through the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the Redeemer, that is Jesus us in the 21st century, we're looking back to the cross. So the cross is what saves us. Whether you're Abraham or whether you're the Apostle Paul, Mm. it doesn't matter. So I really think that is something that the devil has really tripped a lot of believers in to think that somehow this idea of obedience is somehow this ugly, bad word. It's good when it's in context. Because Jesus said himself in John 14, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So how do we know that we truly love Jesus? Well, the Bible says if we obey him. So let me go back to the Old Testament because that's the question where we're looking at is obedience, legalism. We, I have to raise this before our time runs out, Nick. When you go to the, the Ten Commandments... In Exodus chapter 20. And you know them very well. It's, uh, you know, God gave the Ten Commandments through Moses. And the first, you know, what a lot of people may miss. And I just want to uh, uh, read it for our listeners today. Uh, I won't read all of the Ten Commandments, but it's very interesting um, um, how how this chapter begins, um, Nick. It, and it says there in Exodus, the 20th chapter, um, it says, and by the way, if you don't know the story of Exodus, this is how God... By his grace, mm. redeem the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt. Is a, it's, a, it, it's almost like a story of, of, of humanity. God uh, saving us from the bondage of sin. But anyway, listen to how it's, it begins in chapter 20, verse 1, Nick. It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And then it says, You shall have no other gods before me. And then it goes on to say God didn't want them to make a carved image and bow down to it. And then, and then there's the rest of the commandments. Here's the point, Nick. Before God gives the commandments, he says to the Israelites, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In other words, it was God's gracious act that saved yeah. them. They didn't do, God did for them what he did for them was an act of grace. So if we're asking the question today, Nick, is obedience legalism, sorry, is the Old Testament legalistic? Well, look at the Israelites. God gave them a a new way of living and gave them the law. But before that, he mentioned to them that he was the one that saved them out of Egypt. So I think that's very important to consider, is that even when God dealt with his people, um, before he gave the uh, the Ten Commandment Law, in other words, this uh, a prescription of how to live, um, he prefaced it by saying that it was an act of God's grace. Yeah, and,
0: is, and I was going to say quickly here because he said, "I am your God." Yes, uh, reminding people again because Adam and Eve, you know, uh, they knew who were their creator, their God, yeah. but they were caught into this uh, um, yep. false, uh, you know, uh, looking to another. Yeah. Creature, you know? Uh, and but God is reminding yeah. now, I am your God, yes. which I pull you out. And as you said, by the commandment says in the day you will eat, you'll die. Yeah. But obviously they didn't die in that day. And the grace of God was already put in place yes. right then. We know that they became mortal. That's another thing, but uh, we're not going into that. But I, I believe that's a good point what yeah. you just raised there. The most important thing for us is to understand that God is calling us yeah to follow him the true god rather than any any opinion and or any tradition
1: of man i would just say as well nick because we're looking at the question is the old testament legalistic is sorry is the old testament legalistic i i would my argument would be is the old testament is not legalistic it because it's based on the story of god's God's dealings with humanity. And the same way he dealt with the Israelites is the same way he deals with humanity. He, yeah. he extends his hand of grace, and it is in light of that grace um, in that we live the way God wants us to. Yeah.
0: I mean, just pause it here for a break. We may miss altogether this program, a song. I will have at the end, maybe a song. But sure. I just want to acknowledge again our... Um, um, uh, You know, support uh, for this uh, program, and this is um, Adventist World Radio. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And again, I would like to give our listeners the opportunity to send us a text message uh, uh, with, um, uh, to request the free offer which we have for today uh, called To Build a Life. To have this book in your hands, you just need to send us a text message to zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one with the co- code s 36 And we'll be very happy to organize this book to come to you. Uh, but yeah, uh, Will, because time is, um, uh, going very quickly. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, we, we are in, uh, in a time also when, um, uncertainty yeah. and uh, hardship, and all those things are uh, just all around us. And we can easily talk about uh, these things about uh, law or grace, legalism or uh, whatever it is. Uh, but uh, the reality is that we need to bring ourselves before God, the Creator and sustainer of all things, yeah. the One who can take care even of these situations like the war in Ukraine and all the other big issues and um, would you like just to pause for a minute now to pray and I would like to pray for uh, particularly for the war there uh, for the people involved on both sides and uh, um, all these consequences that Mm. God will intervene in his way as he knows it's
1: best yeah absolutely let's just bow our heads for a prayer our father in heaven we just want to pause and think of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and also in Russia, because, yeah. um, war is, it's, uh, it's affecting the lives of many and, uh, people are dying. People are being displaced and we see the news coming through and, um, our heart goes out to the people of Ukraine who, yeah. um, just under this uh, this siege, Lord, and these attacks. Mm. Father, we uh, know that you're a sovereign God. We know that Scripture says you, that your ways are higher than our ways. Mm. And we know, Lord, that um, Romans says in your word that all things work together for good. At this very moment, it's, it's it's very hard for the people of Ukraine to see that how could any good come out of what they're experiencing now. And so it's, it's our prayer, Lord, today that we would just um, uplift them to you and uh, may may you give them your peace that passes understanding. Help them to trust you, Lord, um, during this very difficult time. And uh, may they know that there is a God in heaven um, that sees and hears their prayers. And ultimately, Lord, one day you will right everything that has been wronged on this earth. So please give them faith. Give them um, your peace. I ask this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 And thank you, Will, for praying. And um, dear listener, uh, yes, send us uh, even a prayer request if you like. Uh, mm. We'll be happy to to mention that on air. Uh, the phone number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. You can come live with us uh, by sending a text message. But right now, I'm mentioning um, to those people who may come a bit later for the offer we have. It's build. A life by uh, Luke uh, uh, Heyman and um, this is also, this book is based on his own experience uh, how he was focusing on different things in life but the verse which uh, he um, relay on is in jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future please uh, uh, send a text message to us to receive this book uh, with the code s a twenty six and uh, thank you nada for requesting already that book uh, um and yeah do that before it's, um, it's too late. I yeah, mean, this will be the amen. whole, the whole week, but yeah, for <laughs> those people who are listening uh, today, uh, we, we promoting that book. Will, uh, we have about, uh, let's say, uh, four minutes yeah. to bring it a little bit together. Uh, yeah. very um, interesting topic. We are going to expand on this, uh, tomorrow in the next yeah. couple of days. Uh, but yeah, just bring it a little bit together, um, about the, legalism and um, uh, you know how we ask the question today
1: is the old testament yeah, legalistic yeah probably my closing thought today um nick i would probably um, bring our attention to the new testament in hebrews um in chapter 11 um the author of hebrews highlights these men and women of faith and he talks about people like um Abel, and Enoch, and Abraham, and so forth. If you look at those Bible characters who are all in the Old Testament, um, the author of Hebrews point, paints a picture that they were all men and women of faith. You know? And so, to answer the question again, when we look at the Old Testament, is the Old Testament legalistic? Well, when you look at the stories of the Bible characters in the Old Testament, I seem to see a, a huge picture of... Of God's overwhelming grace And their obedience Is simply a response To that grace Same thing in Exodus 20 uh, Genesis 15 when God told him that he would uh, Through his seed the world would be Blessed it says in Genesis chapter 15 That the that Abram believed God and it, God counted it to him For righteousness So you look at Hebrews 11 You look at all of those Bible characters They weren't perfect They weren't uh, you know, they all had faults and mistakes like we do and we have, but what's the common thread? It was their faith. Well faith in what? Faith in, in God and his provision. And so I'd just like to say to our listeners um that when you look at the old testament, um certainly there is a, a call from God to live a life of faith and obedience of that's all through scripture in the new testament as well by the way mm. but the the question we're trying to say is what saved them in the old testament what saved abraham it wasn't his works it was his faith it was his faith in what god had provided what saved abel it was through the sacrifice uh, what saved uh, noah noah found grace so if you i would suggest if you do a careful analysis of these various bible characters in the old testament certainly they lived lives of faithfulness and obedience but it was god's grace that was extended to them and that's what that's they lived their lives of obedience in light of of that uh, grace same thing in the new testament nick i do not see a a dichotomy a difference between the old and the new it's the same god the same god of grace is in the old testament The same God of judgment as some would perceive. He's in the New Testament. You really, you read Revelation chapter 14, which we as Seventh day Adventists are very, uh, passionate about. You see the, one of the strongest, uh, judgments upon those on planet earth it's in the new testament right so i don't think there. i think that's a fallacy to think that somehow the picture of god in the old testament is different to the new now i can understand there's some there could be some instances and passages and themes that are being presented in in the old testament but by and large my premise is it's the same god abraham was saved the same way peter was saved it was by grace through faith Oh, amen for that. Uh, Will, thank you so much for
0: uh, uh, being part of this uh, program today and sharing uh, with us uh, and uh, express your uh, understanding about uh, how the Bible puts it. uh, And uh, dear listener, um, please uh, join us again uh, because we are continuing this uh, week and we try to find out if uh, the moral law is still relevant uh, in the third uh, millennium. Yes. Uh, But our time is up for today. Thank you for uh, joining and uh, may God bless you. Uh, enjoy uh, your walk with Jesus and uh, give your heart to Jesus. Allow Amen. him to work in your uh, life the change uh, which you need. As we mentioned that uh, passage in uh, in Jeremiah, God has beautiful plans for Amen. us all. Um, I'm leaving you uh, with this beautiful song by the uh, Lower Lights. And the song is Calling You.
2: He will take you by the hand Lead you to that promised land Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When you've strayed from the fold And there's trouble in your soul Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When your soul is lost in sin It's Savior calling